We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. This is a show where every week I bring you clips from your favorite shows on the Road of His Radio Network. And if you don't know, Road of His is a sports data and analytics site with over 1,000 articles per year and a dozen apps designed to win you fantasy championships and DFS money. If you want to try it out, you can get a 30% discount. Go on over to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast to check out the site. The first clip of this week comes to you courtesy of the Fantasy Football Report, where Blair Andrews and Hassan Rahim break down the past week in NFL news, each week with a different guest. This week they have on Peter Overzet, and I chose this episode because Peter Overzet and Patrick Crane have a high-stakes diaries show they do every Saturday, but because it comes out on Saturday the same day as this show, I can't get it on, so instead... Peter was that on the Fantasy Football Report is what you get. Here it is. I get like like visibly tense when the name Mark Ingram comes up. He just frustrates me so much. I, I just don't think he's that great of a runner. He seems to do all of his damage, you know, when the Saints are front running or in, you know, good and easy goal to go situations. And I, you know, it does seem like something we were talking earlier that something might be up with Kamara who knows if it was that concussion hit from a few weeks ago against the Cowboys or what's going on they're not using him that creatively uh but I think I also said to you we were messaging the other day that I'm just going to go broke continuing to play Kamara 
uh, in DFS, and and that does seem to be the case again after today. But it is a bummer that you know when you play Kamara now, it's it's not a bet on volume anymore. It's a bet on efficiency, and we know he can have those big plays. Uh, but I'm worried. Yeah, they're not using him as creatively. He doesn't seem to be getting involved in the screen game where he can really shine. And they are, you know, stubbornly in love with Mark Ingram and a lot of these high leverage situations. And they seem to kind of be sputtering in general as an offense. So, yeah, it's frustrating. And I think you have to lower your your projections and your expectations for this offense and Kamara going forward. Yeah, I too am pretty frustrated with uh, <laughs> the way they've been relying on Mark Ingram uh you kind of mentioned the offense has been sputtering you know Drew Brees through I think for 201 yards today which was maybe the most he's had in the last three weeks so kind of pathetic passing uh output from the whole offense um is is that something that concerns you going forward for everyone on this team yeah, I mean, initially it was just the, the defense was playing so well that teams weren't staying in the game, and that was what was causing his low passing numbers. But, you know, the way today set up with the Bucks getting up early, you thought it was going to be a day where they were going to have to pass a lot, and it actually just seemed like, you know, some problems of their own doing on the offensive side but it's it's still breeze uh it's still the saints they still have great weapons uh they have a couple uh good games coming up on the schedule they're playing carolina next week which should be a get right spot so i i'm not panicking uh it's just frustrating if you had kamara and dfs or you know your first round of your playoffs this week there's a good chance he burned you and you might not get a chance to see that that bounce box bounce back spot the rest of the season yeah, I, it just it kind of is kind of really frustrating watching this team because it feels like at some points like Sean Payton gets far too cute. This uh, this Taysom Hill uh, stuff is uh, has it ever worked? I mean, it's I remember it distinctly working like maybe the first week or something against the against Washington, but it it really hasn't worked since then. Michael Thomas's lack of volume is pretty poor. Uh, now we're like learning names about guys that are like, you know, Keith Kirkwood and Dan Arnold. I shouldn't know these make a Madden character type of guys, <laughs> but here we are. Uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely fear that this is something that might, it hasn't really truly hit the saints, like bit them poorly. But my question to you, Peter is, do you think this does actually come back to bite them or do you think they're going to actually go, you know, funnel the offense through Kamara and Michael Thomas when the rubber hits the road? Yeah, that's interesting. It's hard to get in their head and and know, you know, if they're going to kind of, you know, wake up and realize, hey, we're a much better team when we're feeding uh, our best players. Although we got to give a shout out to Taysom Hill. Block that punt today. Uh, <laughs> so maybe special teams is where his true calling uh, is. But yeah, I still have faith that they're going to turn it around. So I wanted to answer the question, is using Taysom Hill really a viable strategy for the New Orleans Saints? And I had hoped to give you a much deeper dive into the aspects of Taysom Hill's game that make him a successful way for the Saints to attack other teams, to show them a different look, and score more points, because that's the end goal. And uh, unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Really, their use of Taysom Hill has been complete and utter garbage. I was surprised at how useless Taysom Hill has been for this team, or at least how they've used him. So I went to the road of the screener, and if you'll grant me that I'm using fantasy points over expectation, down in distance, how much yardage and how many touchdowns you would expect to get as a proxy for what we would think of as expected points, how we want to measure the success of a player 
at least in a shorthand way. If you'll grant me that, and then that having Taysom Hill on the field isn't measured in these things because it's only the touches he's gotten, Taysom Hill has really been a, a very negative thing for this team. His passing fantasy points over expectation per attempt, minus 0.19. He's losing them points on every attempt he has. He's got six attempts on the year, and they haven't gone well. Is obviously very positive in this aspect. Then when you look at rushing, well, that's exactly what you'd expect him to be particularly good at. We don't think he'll be better than Drew Brees at passing, even if these trick plays throw the defense off. Drew Brees is an amazing passer. He should be better at rushing than Drew Brees. This also is not true. He has 33 rush attempts on the year and an exactly zero rushing fantasy points over expectation per attempt. Even when he's rushing the ball, it really is making a large difference. And surprisingly, Drew Brees has a positive rushing fantasy points over expectation per attempt because he's averaging 2.2 attempts per game, slightly over his career average of 1.8, but he scored four touchdowns. He's been incredibly efficient at scoring touchdowns as a rusher this year. So even in that aspect, He's been playing better than Taysom Hill. And even if you expect that to regress, you expect Drew Brees really isn't a rushing quarterback in any sense of the word, whereas Taysom Hill is an incredible athlete. So it's just not worth it. I think maybe the best way to deploy Taysom Hill, if they really need to find ways to use him, is to get him on the field at the same time as Drew Brees and just use him as a decoy. Because when he's actually had the ball in his hands, it really hasn't been that good. The one thing he does do well, he's got five targets on the year, and he has uh, receiving fantasy points over expectation per attempt of .05. So he's doing above what you would expect as a receiver on five targets. Let's not focus on that too much. And also, it, it really doesn't matter. It's just five targets. He hasn't had a large impact over the season. So I think he's probably deployed best as a decoy. And that's our Taysom Hill talk for the week. Next clip comes to you courtesy of Road of His Overtime, where Sean Siegel is talking about how maybe our perception of how offenses have been helped in this season is a bit skewed. And I really like the conversation he has with hundred yards so just a an odd odd week but a, a really enjoyable one with uh, lots of lots of interest and stuff happening we've talked all season about these offensive explosions and certainly uh, around the nfl environment on tv uh, in the community you hear about how difficult it is to play defense in the modern nfl and i would like to flip that on its head and, and think about it from the other perspective of thinking about the past and how difficult it was to play offense in terms of fairness elements everything now is couched in these terms of oh you know the things that we're doing to the defenders we have to do those things for health but uh, it's not really fair and that i think is is probably not the case you look at some of these big hits you know was it fair to the offensive players previously to constantly being t- taking headshots uh, was it fair to be held all the way down the field was it fair that as soon as you break out of this bear hug that you're called for offensive pass interference. And we still see plenty of that. Uh, If you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan, or if you're a Dallas Goddard owner, which uh, you probably are not starting him, but you know, he had a, an 80 yard, 75 yard touchdown overturned on a completely phantom offensive pass interference penalty. And we, we saw a few of those. There was one against Michael Crabtree in that chiefs game where, you know, guys are coming out of their routes and being held by the defender. And then, you know, as you change directions, that separation, you know, just your arm goes out a little bit simply to maintain your balance as that guy loses his grip on you. Well, you know, if, if that's going to be called offensive pass interference, I, I still think we potentially have room to go in a direction where uh, it would be more 
balanced and still plenty of, of defensive pass interference calls that are not made and i think people focus on you know every week there'll be a play where a defender really has has no chance and you know the offensive guy goes low the defender uh, is coming in for a normal hit you know their heads bang or one of these phantom defensive pass interference penalties and those do happen and those obviously do benefit the offense but we have a lot of things that that still are not called i don't think that's necessarily directly connected to what we had this week maybe more of a, a weather situation but if you're a fantasy owner of these quarterbacks or of the wide receivers attached to them uh, this was maybe the first real disaster week of the nfl season where you mentioned russell wilson 20 passes 72 yards uh, mitchell trubisky 30 passes 110 yards uh, jerry goff 44 passes for 180 yards and that's before all the touch the interceptions they threw as you mentioned you know you have case keenum throwing for 40 plus more times can't reach 200 yards uh, matthew stafford and in a game where the lions offense seemed like they just had no interest you know, 23 passes 101 yards right so we go through some of these performances and the lions performance the the broncos performance those are not out of sort of the expectation for them but those late games this week if you went into the later portion of the weekend looking for you know games from Diggs and thielen um, certainly from your quarterbacks from tyler lockett uh, robert woods brandon cooks uh, <laughs> the variety of bears wide receivers there i i keep yeah, yeah finding myself in this situation where i don't want to bench Allen robinson in part because it's double flex so playing five wide receivers you know you probably don't have a better option although curtis samuel at this point is basically outscoring him every week but Allen robinson he has these targets but man they are bad targets every target 10 yards over his head it's a deep target 10 yards over his head and you're thinking well you know we know those targets are valuable targets but uh, if they're not even on the guy. Great stuff there. And before we get into the next clip, I want to remind you that if you want to support this show, we're dropping double-digit shows every week. And if you want to support that, you can go to, Patre- to patreon.com forward slash Radio. Subscribing to our Patreon gives you access to an exclusive community of awesome listeners and hosts we've got going on over there. And also gives you access to the Rotoviz live shows we do every Sunday morning. You get your last-minute start sits, those injury updates, DFS pivots. It's all going on at patreon.com forward slash Radio, And you'll be supporting the awesome stuff we have going on in the offseason. Despite the fantasy football season coming to a close next week, we will keep it going. We have awesome offseason content coming up. That's patreon.com forward slash Radio. The next clip of the week comes to you courtesy of the Flash. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. 
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Chip wrote of his radio show with Dave Cabin and Matt Friedman. The start of this clip is the ongoing war of Matthew Friedman against Antonio Brown. I just love it. I absolutely love that, one, he's examining the common conceptions we have about the NFL in an interesting way. I do believe that's important that we are always updating how we view the NFL and how we view the players within the NFL. Despite Antonio Brown being commonly believed to be the best receiver in the NFL, we should always be looking at what we think is true. And also, I love the awful vitriol that people keep spewing at him on Twitter just for looking at one of the best players' efficiency metrics. I, I, it's, it's all great. It's all going on here at Rotoviz Radio. Here's the first one. If we were drafting today, do you take Cooper at this point over Antonio Brown? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I do like it. So I, here's the, here's the question. Is it like, if we were to do like an end of season league yep. and I'm thinking for fantasy, do I, do I take Amari Cooper over Antonio Brown? Is that the question? Yeah, that is. Yep. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but I legitimately believe that in terms of, uh, ability, uh, Amari Cooper is, is better at this point than Antonio Brown. Okay. Um, I, I think, I think catch, Brown yeah. is the better fantasy receiver because he's going to get more volume. Uh, and specifically, I think he's going to be uh, continue to be used more heavily uh, near the end zone. Uh, so I just trust his volume a little bit more. But I think Amari Cooper is actually a better player. OK, that's the type of thing I think we'll talk about more um, down the line in the offseason. I, I will say that I think we're at the point where. There's really only so much we can offer to teams that are in the playoffs at this point. So we're kind of starting to look a little bit forward. Um, And, uh, you know, if you're somebody that's not in the playoffs, you're probably all ready to move on to next season. And I think a player that is now in the conversation for being the number one overall pick next season is Saquon Barkley. It really has become a situation where I think I can confidently say as wild as my expectations were for this guy, he's exceeded them at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair because like if he hasn't exceeded your expectations, you would have had to have like all time great expectations for him. Uh, and, he, you know, whatever those expectations would have been, he still would have exceeded them. Um, he's like we knew entering uh, this year that he was a great receiver. Um, But on top of that, he's been a very good runner. And there were people who um, it's very, I think like David Johnson esque, like reminiscent of his situation. There were people who were like, Oh, although he is big and he's athletic, he doesn't run like a big back. Like he's not very good at running between the tackles. He likes to bounce it outside, blah, blah, blah. Like people assume that um, just because, I don't know, a guy isn't like maybe like prototypical in the way that like, I don't know, like Derrick Henry is or something right. like that, that uh, he can't be a good NFL back. Uh, and I think like that gets disproven repeatedly, like every other year with guys like this. Um, yeah, Saquon is amazing. 
Uh, I think he leads the league this year in like 50, uh, like 50 yard touchdowns. Um, he's a big play guy. He doesn't always, um, he maybe doesn't always like take the kind of like quote unquote like free short yards. So maybe he ends up with more like one or two yard rushes relative to the number of two and three yard rushes that he should have. But I, I think he compensates for that, you know, with with the longer touchdowns and then also with his ability as a receiver. So uh, I think it's fine. He's having an all time great season. Uh, I wouldn't argue right now with anyone locking him in as the number one overall pick. For sure. And even back in college, actually, if you look at those long plays, he was prolific in those measurements as well. And we didn't focus on that a whole lot just because he was this prospect that transcended pretty much, you know, everything we were looking at. So you didn't even group him into that conversation. We've now seen that huge big play ability translate to the NFL. Just one thing I wanted to add to this conversation is I wanted to look at the receiving usage of Saquon Barkley in this season, and David Johnson in 2016, the peak David Johnson year. Oh, how we pine for the times where David Johnson was scoring 20 touchdowns. He was running routes down the field, and now he's just some grinder on a garbage team. But looking back at David Johnson's season, you see that he had 558 air yards and an average depth of target of 4.7 on 120 targets. He was really being used like a receiver out of the backfield, not just a dump-off receiver, but he was going down the field on a number of his routes, and I think that added another layer to his game, both in fantasy but in real life. His receiving volume in that season was really what people want to see out of Saquon Barkley this season. People know that running the ball isn't the way to find success in the NFL, but what Saquon Barkley can do in the passing game, he can change the way teams have to defend you. You're getting another receiver on the field. So looking at his air yards, um, 63 15th in the NFL behind guys like Nick Chubb, Bilal Powell, Trenton Cannon. It may be the way they're using him. It may be that the Giants just aren't using Saquon Barkley correctly. But what do we know about average depth of target and about air yards specifically? Air yards are something that's pretty endemic to the receiver. It's something that they can carry from team to team. Basically, the style of the receiver is what dictates their average depth of target and what dictates the air yards they should see. And so it it doesn't leave me optimistic that should Eli Manning be ousted at the end of the year, which uh, I think that's exactly what we'll see, and then they draft another quarterback. I'm not optimistic that he gets used as this slot receiver type prototype out of the backfield, and I think it's it's more likely, based on the information we have, that he is just a, a screen guy. He's just a, a getting dink and dunk passes out of the backfield guy because that's what we've seen so far, and we know that that's something that's predictive of the future. So I, I hope that they, once they replace Eli Manning, who this year... And last year has a 7.3 average depth of target, both his career lows, at least in the air yards database. But, uh, you know, it's hard to be optimistic that they use Saquon Barkley like David Johnson saw two years ago. But we've seen the script flip. We've seen David Johnson go from 2016 David Johnson to what we saw this past week where he caught 12 catches and turned it into 13 yards. That is absolutely possible that we see the script flip the other way for Saquon Barkley. And I hope we do, because despite, you know, the analytics crowd not believing that he was a good pick. I still want to see him succeed. And I would love to see us proven wrong in the sense that he truly changed the way we view the position. But we haven't seen that yet, and it's not even close. That leaves us with one more clip, guys. The final clip of the week is the Laying the Points podcast, talking about the Oakland Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I want to choose this game specifically, and there's another game at the end here. But I wanted to choose this game because the defenses are so bad that we have a good chance to see a shootout, or at least an above-average chance to see a shootout. But it's interesting to think about how 
we believe offenses dictate so much of the game, but when two bad defenses show up, will we see the overhit? Will we get a shootout, or is it just a crappy game? Here's a look. <laughs> Raiders at Bengals. Bengals favored by a slim, slim two and a half here at home. The the Raiders coming off a really impressive victory against uh, the Steelers at home. Total set at 46. What do you think? I mean, Jeff Driscoll at home against Derek Carr doesn't get much better than this, right? It really doesn't, in my opinion. Uh, this is one of my favorite games of the week. I love the Bungles. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know that everybody's going to be on Oakland after they beat the Steelers, but, you know, sharps like me and you, Anthony, knew that the Raiders <laughs> were going to cover that game because the Steelers never play well on the road in those situations. Did I think that Oakland would win the game outright? No, but if you told me that De that uh, Big Ben wasn't going to play basically the whole second half, I might have said that. Um, meanwhile, the Bengals have been pretty frisky with Driscoll. You know, they they almost beat uh, the Chargers last week. They look good the week prior, or or no, they played uh, they beat Denver last week, right? And they played San Francisco the week prior. No, I since mean, he since he played tight last week with uh with the Chargers, the Chargers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they've been I'm good. Sorry. My brain is my brain is not great today, if you guys can't tell. All I know is that you should be betting the Bengals minus two and a half and lock it in now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, it opened at three, and the fact that it's at two and a half is just so, so tasty to me. Uh, you know I love like these home favorites of less than three points. Um, and the Quan Edge has this as probably one of the best bets of the week, 65.1% for the Bengals to cover. I totally agree with everything you said. Like, the Raiders are coming off of a really impressive game. They're going to be overvalued in the betting market. They're a bad team going on the road, which I, I always think that you want to bet against. And the Bengals have been really good. Like, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, overplay Jeff Driscoll, but, like, I feel like there's something to, like, the mobile QB thing. Um, he's been pretty tough. You know, the Chargers' pass defense and defense overall is pretty good. And, uh, you know, he did some things against them. And against Oakland, I think he could totally shred. Uh, so favored by two and a half. I mean, yeah, I'm totally with you. Cincy, all the way. Um, we're riding Jeff Driscoll, Matt. We love bad quarterbacks on this show. Nikki Two Sticks. Jeff I don't Driscoll. love him. Yeah, you don't love him. I do. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that's fine. Uh, speaking of bad quarterbacks, Jameis Winston. No, um, maybe. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Fair in my, in my book, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to resign him. I'm going to let him go if I'm Tampa. Uh, but Baltimore is favored by 7.5 here at home against the Bucks. Lamar Jackson is going to start. That news has already come out. Joe Flacco will be active, but will be the backup. So we'll kind of see how that dynamic plays out, see if Harbaugh does any of the games with the two quarterbacks. Uh, Bucks played tough last week at the start of the game and then ended up you know, giving up the cover, obviously, to New Orleans. So what do you think of this matchup? I'm not really understanding why the Sharps appear to be on Tampa Bay here. Uh, in my opinion, like Baltimore should be favored by closer to 10 in this game. Uh, they're the superior team, the superior defense. Like we've seen Tampa Bay put up some empty statistics this year, mm -hmm. either against bad defenses or in garbage time. But when they've played good units, their offense has not been able to move the ball. And we know they're awful on defense. Um, Baltimore, at a minimum, should be able to run the ball. Like, they gave the Chiefs everything they had last week, ultimately lost. Baltimore's fighting for their playoff lives. 
Uh, I think we get their best effort here, and it would not shock me if they rolled Tampa in this game. That is the show for the week. Make sure you're checking out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Radio. And of course, if you want to give the site a try, go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for that 30% discount. If you're in the fantasy semifinals, good luck to you. I'll see you back next week for the final show. I've been your host. Find me on Twitter at FFKyleKid. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.